Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's about to go down, Brenna. Beavers at the Ducks. The biggest sporting event in the state by far this week. It's going to be fun. There's a lot on the line. Welcome to the Oregonian Sports Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian. I'm joined by Cohen Six's Brenna Green, who's been sitting here as I finally work through my fourth take to open this show with some kind of sensible start. And I'm going to burn the outtakes. But uh, man, we have some we have a lot we have some things to talk about. But mainly, it's all about Oregon, Oregon State, and everything around that game. But before we get started. Be sure to subscribe to our subtext feature. You can start a 14-day trial by texting 503-386-0095. That's 503-386-0095. You will receive a link back. Click on the link. You can start a 14-day trial. And if you just love all the texts from myself and Bill Orm and James Crepia and Nick Daschle and others, you only have to pay $3.99 a month to keep receiving those texts. What a glorious deal. Brenna's not in on this yet because she works for somewhere else, but we'll try and rope her in at some point. Maybe we'll see. But anyway, <laughs> Brenna, <anymore>? what's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. anyway, Brenna, what is up? How are you on in this? Uh, you know, I'm calling the Civil War. I don't care. In this Civil War week, how are you? I'm excited. I'm excited. This is a game we've all been waiting for. Unfortunately, Aaron, it does not have the stakes that we wanted it to have, but it still has stakes. So it's always it it's always good no matter what that it has stakes um going into this game. However, not not as um exciting as as we had hoped it would be uh sh- due to a <laughs> due to a botch snap uh against UW and with in the UW OSU game. I mean obviously no game as I said. No game comes down to one play, but the score did Without that safety, we could be having a different discussion right now. This is true. This is true. Um, Yes, the fantasy was that this game would be for a trip to the Pac-12 title game for either team that won. And instead, obviously, Oregon State can't get there. But Oregon can. And then they can also still get to the playoffs. There's still a lot on the line. A Heisman could be in the balance as well. And, of course, also... You know, the fact that the Pac-12 is coming to an end, Oregon State doesn't have a conference, Oregon was part of the, the package of teams that made this all happen. So, you know, if you're Oregon State, there's some animosity there. There should be, although maybe business-wise you kind of get it. Maybe you would have done the same thing. Who knows? But still, there's that aspect of the whole thing. So let's just start there and just, you know, the end of this, of an era uh, with with this rivalry. I mean, again, it Okay. They're, they're working on continuing the rivalry. I have some thoughts on that later. But just the end of it as we know it right now, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, you know, born and raised Pacific Northwest, Portland native, all 18 years of my life. This game is is a part of the fabric of being a football fan for me. It is what helped make my, you know, make my childhood. I grew up in a household where my dad went to U of O and my mom went to OSU. So this is a really big game. Like I remember, you know, going down my mom's side of the family. It's not all OSU, but like I would say majority OSU fans. Um, And I remember, you know, going down and having, you know, getting razzed on by my Oregon State, you know, my aunt who roots for Oregon state and looking at her and being like, well, at least when I rep my team colors, I don't look like I'm going to jail. So, um, 
Oh, that was a good one. Damn. That one, that one was like one of my best burns of all time. What a <laughs> what a smart, you know. But I do, I like I know that people aren't gonna believe this, whatever, but like you know, my family goes back on my mom's side four generations at OSU. So I definitely mm. do still feel like a connection there. Like my great grandpa played on their baseball team way back in the day. So, you know, there's still a definite connection with me and my family to that school. Obviously, I grew up going to Oregon games. I've, I've referenced that before. Um, so this is just a huge, huge thing. Like my mom used to like wear a sweatshirt with like, even though she went to OSU, but because she went to so many duck games, she started rooting for the ducks. So like, so like she like would like, had like a sweatshirt made that was like half orange, half, you know, half green and all that stuff, you know, two right. sweatshirts put together. Um, so that sort of thing. So it's just, it's just a huge part of the state. Like, you know, I, I remember, gosh, in like middle school, I had a PE teacher who went to Oregon state. And so he was like, okay, you know, before this game, we're going to, um, like have something on the line for it as a PE class. So if you choose the ducks to win and they win, They'll run less, but if you choose the Ducks to win and Oregon State wins, and, you know, vice versa, obviously, um, then you'll have to run more. So, like, that sort of thing where it was like, oh, like, you know, you'd, you'd have, like, anti and PE class over this game. So, um, <laughs> yeah, like, it's just, it's it's so, I, I know that the day that I, you know, the day that everything went down, it was just, there was, you know, on on my end and I think a lot of people's ends like there was there was no joy in it it was like yeah like this is just kind of what probably has to happen and this stinks and um you know you can people can argue that if they want like you said she was on the other foot I think things I I personally think that Oregon State would have chose to go that way um but you know whatever you can't you can't go back on the past. So yeah, it's just, it's just unfortunate. It's sad. I, I do hope it continues. I understand that it loses its luster a little bit. If it does, if it does continue in the other, in the, you know, in the other iteration of it, I guess you could say the next iteration of the game, there is, there is something taken away from it being played on, you know, September 14th, instead of at the end of the year with everything on the line and all that sort of stuff. But, um, I, I do hope it gets played. And I understand there's some Oregon state fans who don't want that game to be played, but um, I think it's, I, I still think it's, it's, it's good to do it no matter if it does, you know, kind of lose some, some of its shine. So yeah. Yeah. My, my concern would be, it sort of depends on where Oregon state lands and how things go with them. But if you get to a situation where it's just going to be an overwhelming mismatch, because of resources, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, if, pretty soon here, we could see a lot of Oregon State coaches leaving, including Jonathan Smith. We could yep. see players cherry picked from other programs because of the transfer portal where you don't have to set out a year. You can just go take anyone. You can offer them money. I mean, if I'm Oregon, why am I not after this game going, man, we want him, 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 and him. Offer them 300 grand each or something, however it works. Uh, yeah. And just swipe players. Because guys on that team are not going to want to stick around to play in a lesser conference or to play an independent schedule against whomever they can cobble together, and you know it's just not it's just not going to be a situation where I can I can envision it not just being an Oregon State playing for the payday and getting shellacked. And if you're Oregon State, why are you signing up for that? Why am I signing up to keep this rivalry going so I can just get crushed every week by by a program that just has an infinite amount of resources while my resources have been gutted because I don't really have a conference to draw from or whatever, or I'm, or I'm in a lesser conference, you know, whatever, whatever happens. So I can totally see where Oregon state would not want to continue the rivalry. <clears throat> and then if you're Oregon state, excuse me, if, then if you're Oregon, if Oregon state, if they really fall off, why are you scheduling them other than to keep the interstate rivalry going when maybe you should be scheduling somewhere else, <laughs> you know, to help bolster your, your playoff stock uh, moving forward. Anyway, it's, it's just it's awful, and I have so many reasons why I don't like college football. Again, I've always said I like the games. Like when the games are on, you see you know Michigan State, Ohio State playing, or Bama, Florida, or Oregon, Oregon State, or Oregon USC, whatever. That's cool. But everything around college football and how it works has always just been a joke to me. And the fact that 
TV money destroyed an entire conference. And not and not just football. Even if you say, well, football is not as great in this conference it is, as it is in the Big Ten or the SEC, that's fine. What about all the other sports? You know, Oregon State won national titles. Stanford wins national titles in like everything involving water, don't they? <laughs> and then you have you have track and field programs. You have Oregon has track, high end track and field. They'll be fine. But it's just the whole conference and everything it brought to the world of sports has just been completely annihilated. You got Cal and Stanford in the ACC, which is stupid. So the whole thing is just bad. It's a bad taste in my mouth, and it's just. One of the many reasons why I don't, I can't stand college football. Um, at least they're going to a twelve team playoff. That'll be better next year. But still, it's just it's gotten unseemly to me. You know, with the, with the money kids are making and the, the way kids can just bounce around. It's just it's not the same. And this is a great example of how it's lost to me what little charm it had left. <laughs> it's just how I feel about it. Yeah, the the civil war is a, a microcosm for. A larger uh, issue, I guess you could say. It's hundred percent. It, it yeah. shouldn't. It's <clears throat> it shouldn't be too much about. I mean, money's always going to be involved, and I get that. And it's Pollyanna of me to suggest that money is n- not going to be a huge factor. But money, the money aspect of it, shouldn't destroy what made it great. And that's what I think is what's happening with college football. So we'll see. Uh, you know, the, the one thing that I can kind of think of that would be the most similar situation is Colorado and Colorado State because they play every year. And obviously Colorado is a power five team and Colorado State is um, a Mountain West team. And it kind of looks like Oregon State's going to be on the level of a Colorado State from here on out. Um, so and that that is kept go. That is, you know, obviously gone for a while and a really fierce intense rivalry still um I, you know i don't know what colorado state's record in, is in that i mean obviously i know they've won a few over the last few years but i don't think they've won recently um that's mostly because colorado state's program needs some work um right but uh but and but then also you have to think about like okay like colorado state actually has a lot of money um they have a lot of rich donors and um and also Colorado doesn't have the money that an Oregon does. So there are some there are some definite differences there. But um I mean, you know, if it can still if it if it can muster kind of being like that, I think I, I think that is kind of the quote unquote blueprint for how this you know, what this could look like in the future. Um but yeah, like you said, it, it still definitely loses some of it shine unfortunately so yeah enjoy this one folks yes unfortunate all right who you got in this game let's let's go let's go there who you got oregon they've just been so finely tuned over the last however many weeks i know the usc game the second half was a little bit weird whatever but um i mean They've just been so on the money. You know, I, I thought ASU could be a bit of a trap game. I was summarily proved wrong. Uh, it, it's just been, they've, they've just been so focused and they've just been handling opponents. And, you know, UW has been winning, but they've been winning by s- much smaller margins, by the way. They've been winning, but giving their fans heart attacks along the way. Um, and, yeah, I, I just I think that Oregon o- Oregon just seems so dialed in and so focused. Um they are <laughs> they have locked the TVs down in their locker room so all the TVs can play is the fourth quarter of last year's game. And that was a decision by the athletes to do that. So right. when they go in the locker room, they can't play music right now. All they can do is hear the fourth quarter of the Oregon, Oregon state game last year. So they are very determined. They are very motivated and they are going to be watching that all, all week long. And I just, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's a home game for them. It's senior day, you know, all this. I just, I just have to go that way. I just have to, what about you? Well, I don't disagree. Uh, I do think that 
Oregon State has a chance to win this game. They, they, their three losses yeah. are about eight points yep. combined. Yep. Um, I. What does that I WSU Oregon loss is, look like? Dominant now. against <clears throat> obviously completely inferior teams because they can just re- they're so efficient that they can repeatedly just go back to the same things over and over again against certain teams like ASU and just keep scoring points. But against teams that can offer some resistance, obviously they're not necessarily going to do that. And I think Oregon State can offer a lot of resistance. They also can run the football. To me, it's going to come down to, you know, can DJ make plays? When DJ makes plays, obviously they have a better chance. If you go look at their losses, he didn't make quite as many plays in those games. Um, But I just think at the the end of the day, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a close game. I do think Oregon State covers, but Oregon is just better. And and they're at home. and And they have so much on the line this game. And they do have the revenge factor from last year. But I think Oregon State has the ultimate revenge factor in that Oregon's a part of the system that you know, maybe it was going to destroy their program. But Bo's too good for them to lose this game at home. I, I just don't I, – I can't call it. I, I can see it potentially happening. I just can't lean that way. So I've got Oregon, but i got them by, you know, a touchdown. I think it's going to be a good game. I, I think there were some things that happened in the USC game that really made me believe Oregon State can go in there and make this a – a coin flip game in the end, but Bo pulls it out. Bo Bo's not going to make the mistakes that cost him this game, whereas I think DJ could. So I'm going with the Ducks. 33-27. I got it close. I like that score prediction. I like that number. Um, trying to think. Trying to think what I'm feeling here. Um... I think it's going to be all touchdowns for Oregon. So I will go 35-20. I'll go 35-27. You're copying me. You're copying me. No. Yeah, that's I, – I just – I think that – I think that Bo's going to – gonna get a touchdown every time so um yeah like i like i like that i'm, I'm down with that there you go there's our there's our you know so now we have we have the over under set i guess you know it's 34 points for oregon so there you go <laughs> all right let's move on to the heisman race let's talk about this because this is this is fascinating to me i have what's going to be a controversial opinion on this i want you to go first though give me your take on the heisman and Bo. I think it's the same as last week. Um, Even after he just put up Bo's, 70 billion yards? Y- yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... Yeah. I mean, I... I. You know, the last two weeks were great. Or, or the last last week was great for both him and Jaden. I think I think Penix is out. I don't think Penix is going to be able to play his way back in. I think it's between Jaden and Bo at this point. Um, Penix has just been too inconsistent all over the place. Um, I mean, I know that he had that big throw on third down against Oregon state, which I was really impressed by, but it just like it, you should just be winning against teams like Stanford by more and and that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So I just, I just think that he has just been too inconsistent down this stretch to really, um, mount his way back into it um however you know Bo and Jaden were playing against Georgia State and Arizona State last weekend like Bo what Bo did was incredible like like that's awesome no matter who you're playing against but you also have to remember this is an Arizona State team that is it needs some help okay (laughs) it needs some help and it's not like Georgia State is some powerhouse Um, so like I said, I think my thoughts about it kind of remain the same in the fact that, um, Bo, if Bo wins this weekend, if Bo doesn't win this weekend, it's over. It's going to Jaden. Uh, SEC bias is going to win folks. (laughs) If Bo wins this weekend and then gets another game, which Jaden is not going to get, Mm -hmm. Then, and, and Bo does well in that game, then I think it's going to Bo. So that's what it comes down to in my eyes. 
What say you? Okay, I, I don't think... What's your controversial opinion? Yeah, I don't, I don't think... Nah, I mean, Penix, Penix hasn't had a lot of great games lately, but he can change that by, you know, dominating this upcoming game. And then, you know, if he beats Oregon and has a great game, then I, I think that can he can reverse that. This is what I'm saying. And if if he wins that game, head to head over Bo, and beat, beats Bo twice, and it's not... This isn't boxing, but that's how people look at it. Uh, then he would definitely get it over Bo, I think. I think that would be a given. Okay. So my my pick right now is Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. And it's because if you look at the numbers, as great as Bo has been, Daniels has been better. And I don't subscribe to the idea that it has to be all about or, or that your team's uh, success – has to carry a lot of the weight in this. I, that drives me nuts. It, it's not a team team award. The, the team gets awarded um, a trophy for winning their conference or winning the national title. That, to me, should not be what can boost a player, maybe not necessarily more deserving than another player because player A has better support from their team. So I'm going to go back. I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, as you know. So I'm going to show here that even with my own team, I can I can make this argument. This is before you were born. When were you born? Uh, very end of 1991. Oh, so this was that year. As a matter of fact, this was this is right around the time you were born, kiddo. So, <laughs> so Gino Toretta won the Heisman. He threw 19 touchdowns with seven interceptions. Now, this was back in the day when you didn't see all the, you know, the offense that you see today. But still, 19 touchdowns has never been that impressive and never well. Seven interceptions was fine. But that's all he did. But the, the Hurricanes were ranked number one almost all season. They went undefeated, lost the national championship game that year. But he got the highest. I think he threw for like 2,500 yards or something like that. It was not a very impressive season at all. He wasn't even the best player in the backfield, let alone in the offensive huddle, let alone on his own team. But he was awarded the Heisman because quarterbacks get all the glory. Miami was winning a lot, and everyone was fascinated with the quarterback, and voters just were simpletons. Sorry, they were. And they couldn't think beyond the quarterback on the winning team. Meanwhile, Garrison Hurst from Georgia had about 1,900 yards total offense and 20-something touchdowns. Marshall Falk for San Diego State, had like 2,500 yards of total offense. I think he rushed for 1,900 and like 25 touchdowns. They were clearly way better football players than Gino Toretta. It wasn't even close. No one in the country, if you said, you have your choice, Marshall Falk, Garrison Hurst, or Gino Toretta, would have picked Gino Toretta. If you had said to Miami Hurricanes, you can trade Gino Toretta right now and go with whoever your backup was at the time, I can't remember, and take Marshall Falk, they'd have made that trade. But he got the Heisman because of team success. I'm looking right now at Jaden Daniels. He has a better passer rating than Bo Nix at 191. The touchdown passes are similar, around 30-something, 34, 35, 36 in that range. Jaden Daniels has only, excuse me, Oregon, sorry, Bo has only two picks, but I think Jaden has four or five maybe, so a few more picks there. But the thing that separates them completely are the rushing numbers. Bo Nix has 128 yards rushing, and Jaden Daniels has – I'm looking at that right here, sorry. He is at 1,000 with 10 touchdowns. So when you add it up, one guy has about 4,600 yards and 46 touchdowns, and the other one has about, oh, 3,700 yards and 30, uh, 40 touchdowns. So one has way more yards, better pass rating. More total touchdowns. Now, Bo has one loss. LSU has three losses. Two of those losses, however, were to whom? Undefeated Florida State. And, of course, one loss, Bama. That's a good group of guys, to lo- of teams to lose to. Now, they do lose to, I think, uh, who's the other one? Sorry, I'm trying to call it up here. Was it Missouri? Maybe. I, I honestly, I, I do not. You haven't been breaking down Jaden Daniels? I, I gave you the prep. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> calling out here. Okay. They lost to Mississippi. That's right. I think Mississippi was ranked at the time. 
Um, now, in those three losses, this is what's crazy. In the three losses, dude, I swear, reference just puts up these pop-up ads. It's ridiculous. A thousand yards passing, seven touchdowns, just two two picks, and he rushed for another. Did he rush for two thirty-four? Sorry, hold on, sixty-four. Yeah, rushed for another 300 or so and a couple more touchdowns. So he was really good in those losses. The problem is their defense, not so great. Whereas Oregon's defense has been a lot better. So do, do I penalize Jaden because his defense wasn't as good and they lost to two top seven teams? Or do I acknowledge the fact that his season – has been better. Now, the other side of that is, oh, well, Bo played in more blowout victories. Had those games been closer, would he have put up better numbers? That's always an interesting argument because there's, there's a couple of fouls. Yeah. There's a couple of fouls in that argument, though. Because in order, if you throw six touchdowns and a half, right, in order for that game to remain close, your defense has to stink, <laughs> right? It has to be... 42-28 at halftime. And if that's the case, if your defense is giving up that many points, you're probably going to have some losses along the way, and you're not going to be that good anyway. Or maybe you don't score as much early yourself and you play longer, but you still get the same stats just spread out over four quarters instead of two quarters. So the idea that Bo Nix would have thrown 10 or 12 touchdown passes in that game is, is, not, is, is not a thing. That, I don't, that, that's not going to happen. They were hot early. Mm-hmm. They got rolling early. It, you know, it's just it's not something that's going to necessarily carry over. But you could make that argument if you wanted to, I guess. At the end of the day, though, for me, I, I have I have Jaden one because if you're going to throw for four thousand and rush four thousand, that's just stupid to me. And someone else has to be in that world for me to say that they deserve the Heisman over you. So I have right now. I have Daniels one, Bo two. I'm going to keep Penix three because I want to see what he does. Because if he beats Bo again. And then he probably moves ahead of Bo unless we can make the stat argument again there because then you can say, okay, well, Bo, Bo had a good game at Washington. If Bo has a good game in the conference championship game, but they lose because Penix lights up his defense, you know, then, I, then you can balance things out over the totality of the season because Bo has been more consistent. But for right now, Daniels, Knicks, Penix. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, just, I, I just, from what i watching Penix – this weekend in person for the second time this season and you know obviously watching him on tv almost every single week i just i'm just not as impressed as i was last year and there was there was a stretch there in the first half where he hadn't throw he hadn't completed a pass he was like oh for seven and like at one point it was like two for i counted and i forget what it was now i totally forget it was like two for 13 or something like that. I have a text message on my phone about it now that I'm thinking about it, but I don't remember uh, what it exactly was. Um, So, you know, he just like, he's not popping for you. He's not popping for you. He's not, he ain't, he ain't popping. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But he's still out 3,700 yards, 30 touchdowns, only seven picks. Like he's still having a really good season. He gives you nothing rushing wise though. And yeah, he, he hasn't been, I mean, I guess he hasn't been, clearly he wasn't dominant this past week, but it was raining, wasn't it? Yes, it was raining. It was raining. Um, you know, obviously really good against Utah, 332, two touchdowns, four touchdowns in the Stanford game. Yeah, and yeah, four against Oregon, that, that stands out. Four against Michigan State, although they turned out not to be very good. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. He, he hasn't been as electric as Bo has been. I give you that. But I think he can close. Like, if he throws five this week and then throws four against the Ducks and they win the conference title and they're 13 and 0, <laughs> right? Then all of a sudden, now you got a guy who's thrown for, you know, 4,300 yards and 39 touchdowns, 38 touchdowns. Uh, that, that looks that look, that look, that look pretty good in, in, in New York, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we shall see. I literally, I I know I had a text message that I sent about this, like where he was at uh, in terms of passing. Like at one point, and I can't on Saturday, and I cannot, cannot find it for the life of me. So here we are. Um, But 
yeah, anyways, who knows? Who knows? Maybe I didn't say that over text message. Maybe I said it in some other platform. Um, <laughs> it's tough to keep track was, sometimes, isn't it? That first that first half, it was, I mean, we were kind of sitting there in the press box like, mm, okay. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I know that um, LSU is putting on the full Twitter onslaught right now. So, and they, you know, they have those SEC mouthpieces to do that. So, <sighs> I just, I would like it when you're not to go to a school in the SEC, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens. We so, will. And it, um, a, lot, a lot's going to change in the next two weeks, guaranteed. Exactly. There, there's going to be some things that are going to happen. And it could be Oregon losing. You know, that could. That could happen, or Bo dominates the next two games, and then it's like, okay, yeah, he's the guy. So we'll see. Let it play out. Exactly. Um, All right. A team currently not dominating. Yeah. The Do we need to talk about them? <laughs> Are you going tonight? They play the Jazz. I don't think so. See? I have. I I have too much work. Whatever. You ain't got no work. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Since I'm the one that's in charge of all the content for the state championship football games on Portland CW on Friday at 12:30 and 4:30, thank you very much. Ooh, you, got, um, you got work. You got important work. Got, More important than plug. three and eleven Blazers. I uh, yeah. I I just before this podcast wrapped up my seventh through ninth interviews of the week for it. Um. So, anyways, um, for the for the state championship games. So I've just got, I can just tell I'm already, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's two o'clock and I've got all these other things to do. I'm, there's no way I'm going to make it. So if you want to throw some of that work my way, I can help you and avoid the, the blazer game. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I like these guys. There's, there's some cool guys on this team to talk to. Their attitudes have been amazing. Jeremy Grant, DeAndre yeah. Aiden has been pleasant. Um, Matisse is always cool. Scholar May, uh, yeah, Scholar May, sorry. I always want to call him Scholar Murray. I don't know why. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good group of guys. Scoot is, yeah. is a delight. He's coming back. Shaden's, you know, Shaden's still kind of shy with the media, but you can always poke fun at him about it and he'll, he'll, he'll laugh at himself. Uh, but man, they're just, they're struggling. They're not, they're not good. They're young. They're missing the best player. They, you know, Malcolm Brogdon came back last night at Phoenix. They played a little bit better. Scoot might come back tonight against Utah. He's listed as questionable now. So they were without four of their top seven, eight guys that they came into the season planning to play. And that's it's been that way for like, you know, the last six games. They've lost the seven in a row or eight in a row. I lost count. Eight in a row. They're three and eleven. Um, but you know, it when you view it as okay, we know they're pretty much going to lose, then it's just it just has a different flavor to it. And there was one game, the mm-hmm. uh the game they lost, not OKC, okay, the, the Laker game. Not one question about the game <laughs> to Billups afterwards. People asked about other things because it was like we all saw it. What was there? To, what was there to talk about? You know, they were completely overmatched. Yeah. I mean, the best two players by far were LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they were just toying with the Blazers, like you know, like a like a polar bear toying with its food before it eats it. Um, they they let they built a lead, let the Blazers work back, called a timeout, looked at each other in the huddle like really, and then they went out and built another ten point lead. And you just felt like at any moment they could just go up 20 if they wanted to. Um, same thing, Phoenix last night, you know, the Blazers had one quarter. They shot seven for 14 on threes in the second quarter to get back into that game. Well, they're the worst three-point shooting team in the league. So guess what? That's going to balance itself out. It's not going to continue. Although I think they still finished at like 36, 37%, which is really good for them. So it just is what it is. The only thing I care about right now, Scoot's got to develop. I'm looking forward to him coming back. It gives me another angle to write about. I haven't written about in a while. <laughs> And it's all about him for me. Like it just it, it, for the franchise. It, it, if he doesn't pan out, it, Blazers are toast. They've invested so much in that and in, in taking him at three and not moving him to help Dame. If that doesn't work out, they're toast for the next ten years. It's a t- it's a ten year mistake if that doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, it's just there's just yeah. There's there's not a lot to talk about. It's like everybody's injured. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, it's it's too bad the draft. I mean, I mean they they didn't even want to tank this early. Here we are. Um, they they somehow got forced into tanking. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I. 
too bad the NBA draft this year isn't more loaded. Like, <laughs> oh, like everybody's like that that Cooper kid that's going to Duke. I think his name's Cooper Flag. Everybody's like, can't he just reclassify? And just come out this year? <laughs> like, well, oh, you, I mean, in all reality. They're going to be in the lottery in 2025. Oh yeah, like uh-huh. they're gonna they're gonna be in the lottery for sure. Obviously, we know this year that's just a given, and they're gonna trade some parts, right? Either this mm-hmm. this by the deadline or next summer or by the next deadline to get more draft capital, and they're not gonna have enough talent to avoid the lottery. So the question is, how? Aggressive are you in assuring that you're going to be one of the worst five teams so that you have a chance at getting Cooper Flag? I mean, that's really going to be the question because you're going to probably be in the lottery. Now, maybe a miracle happens and they can pull off some kind of major deal and change the look of the team, et cetera, et cetera. But as of right now, I can imagine that Scoot Henderson, DeAndre Ayton, and Shane Sharp are leading this team into the postseason in 2025 based on what yeah. where they are right now. This is going to take a couple mm-hmm. years to, yeah. to formulate. But anyway. Cooper Flag could be possible. We'll see. All right. Let's talk about Aiden real quick. Yep. So, okay. DeAndre Aiden gets a pass to this point in terms of not being as aggressive as maybe he should be. They want him to be a little bit more aggressive, but they're also not running the offense through him. Plus, losing Ant and being the worst three-point shooting team in the the league hurts him because teams are collapsing into the paint on him, making it Mm -hmm. difficult. I did think, like, against Chet Holmgren, it's like, dude, Chet Holmgren is 145 pounds. Give me the damn ball, and I'm going to take it at him. And he did that maybe twice. I remember one specifically specific time he did it and scored. But in a game like that, like, if, you're, if your goal is to be dominating and to round into this all-star caliber center, that's a game where you take it to the kid who you outweigh by 90 pounds. 80 or so. And he didn't do it. He was passive in that game. And let and Chet Holmgren was 6 for 6 for 15 points and then was out of the game in the second half because they were up by 90. Um, now, all of a sudden, though, he gets to Phoenix, his former team, and he comes out in the first quarter like it's the NBA Finals. He scored 10 points. Now, the rest of the team shot like 3 for 15, so they were down early. But he scored 10 points in the first quarter, finished with 18, though. Nurkic started out slowly, and then the fourth quarter had 11 and 5. Took it to to, to uh, Aiden when the game was still in doubt. After the game, someone asked you know Devin Booker and asked Durant about his about Aiden's play, and Booker played five years with him. Durant played one or half a season, and they both said he looked aggressive. You know he still has potential, et cetera, et cetera. But Booker, when he was asked in the locker room, threw out there, you know let's let's basically see him play that way every night. That's the challenge. Play that way every night, and that was a shots fired. That was a you know we know you can do that. We know you can be that guy. But you weren't that guy all the time here. Be that guy there all the time. And Durant, in a separate interview, was saying that he's only 25. He still has a long, lot of years left in this league, and he can get where he wants to get to if he wants to. But he's got to want it. And for me, I, I tweeted something about this the other day, and someone challenged me on it, and I rolled my eyes because it didn't make any sense. But I'm like, he has to pop, or this team's not going to contend in the next however many years they have him. And someone said, we don't need they, they don't need him to pop. He can just be – you know, better than Nurkic, and they'll be fine because they can get a great play. They got Scoot and Shaden, and they get a great player in the draft. I go, okay, so you need three other young players to all become stars to carry Aiden, to drag Aiden into the finals. Is that what you're saying? Well, the odds of that happening are not very good. You, yeah. But you, you don't know what you're going to get in the draft and if it's going to become great. We don't know if Scoot's going to be great. And Shaden, to me, out of all four of them, even whoever they draft next spring as of right now, I don't know who that would be, has the most potential. He's he's struggling right now. He's shooting like thirty percent over the last five games. He's still he's only twenty. He's young, but he has a little world of potential. But to ask for all three of those things to pop to the point where you can drag a forty, what's going to be a forty-five million dollar Aiden into the finals as your fourth option, it's just not realistic. No. If that happens, yeah. if that happens, Joe Cronin's a genius, right? And you have a dynasty. But to me, you have this piece in Aiden with all his talent, who was a number one pick. Your best bet to become a contender is if he blossoms into a dominant guy. That and it doesn't have to be Shaq dominant, dominant or Duncan dominant. It doesn't have to be that, but you just have to be consistent. You're not going to have eight and six nights. 
you're going to be a consistent force on this team that other people can play off of. If that happens, now you got one. And if Shaden's two, now you need one more. If Scoot can pop or another another pick, or maybe you sign a free agent. But if Aiden's, you know, at 34 million and his contract comes up in three years, when Scoot and Shaden are maybe finally ready to win, and now you got to give him 45 million to stay or whatever, and he's just eh, disaster. So Booker's right, man. And Aiden's been cool about everything. The offense, you know, look, I give him a pass too. They're not running plays for him. And when you, the rest, when the rest of the guys around you are shooting thirty percent on threes, and teams can just ignore them and collapse on you, it is not your fault. He's shooting fifty-seven percent, which I think his career is about is about that. So he's he's just not getting the shots. But there are some nights when I'm just like DeAndre. There's no way that guy can guard you. Command the ball and go make something happen. <clears throat> and that's what he's going to need to do moving forward. I believe for this team to have success. Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously, they need to have a big who is impactful. They need to have a big who is more impactful than what Nurkic was here in order to um, get any sort of semblance of a team that is going to uh, compete at the highest of levels. It's not me calling out Nurkic whatsoever. It's just, look, Aiton is supposed to be, Aiton's supposed to be better than him. Right. Like, <laughs> Like, that's just what it is, as you just laid out. As you laid everything out. Um, so, yeah, I mean. And it shouldn't be close. It's, it's a tough situation for him right now because all of his, all, all the players that feed it down to him are hurt. <laughs> right. And that's why I give him a pass for, exactly. for the most part. But there's still, like I said, there's still some nights where you're like, dude, take that guy. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so last night. <clears throat> As I said, he finished with 18 and 8. He had 10 in the first quarter. So after after the first quarter, he had eight points. Yeah. Nurkic had 18 and 12. So Nurkic had a better game. That can't happen. Yeah. That that's yeah. the problem. That shouldn't happen. And there's things going on that can make things like that happen. And not, again, I'm not trying to crush him or anything like that. But he needs to be way better. Because one of the arguments was, "Oh, we're getting we're getting rid of Nurkic's contract, yeah." And I'd always be like, "I always be like, well, wait a minute, you're getting rid of 17 million, but you're going to pay Aiden 34. So you're celebrating money. So is Aiden going to be twice as good? So far, he's not even close to twice as good. Now you don't have to be statistically twice as good, right? That it's it's incremental, but you it needs to be clear that you are." 34 million dollar guy and Nurkic is 17 million dollar guy and that's not clear and it wasn't clear last night and so if Nurkic is out playing Aiton and you have Durant and Booker on your team then the Blazers need LeBron and Tatum and Jalen Brown which they're never going to have that combination of talent so anyway I just everything to me everything they did with Dame and making their trades Aiden's got to hit big. And then, of course, Scoot has to as well. Now, Scoot's back. What are you expecting from the return of Scoot? What should we expect? Was the, were the first five games just rookie jitters and just feeling his way? Or was, was it alarming and it's like, uh, what's happening here? What do you think? I wasn't alarmed. Okay. I was not alarmed at all. Uh, I mean, I would definitely expect for him to once again be a rookie for a few games. Um you know, and he looked better towards the end of those those five games. Yeah, yeah, his best quarter. Um, <laughs> the quarter he got hurt, I think. I know, right? Oh my gosh. What's up with that? Why does he keep getting hurt when he like is that having the same thing at Summer League? He was having a great quarter and then just bam. Uh, by the way, also he keeps getting injured on like have you seen any footage of when he actually got injured? Because we were never able to pinpoint it. The ankle injury? No. Yeah. No. Nobody, so it's like the same thing. It's the same thing as Summer League, where he just keeps getting these <laughs> random injuries where everyone's like, I didn't even like really notice it when it happened. Why does this keep happening? <laughs> like, it's super weird. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, he was having a great game that game, too. So it's like, gosh, dang it, man. Why do you keep having these random injuries and, and nobody can even see them? So it's not like, I don't know. It's just like kind of annoying when you're like, I don't even know when this happened. Like, we, because we sat there, we went through the game and we we're like, we don't know when he got hurt. 
<laughs> you know, um, and especially for something of this magnitude that's kept him out this long, you would imagine that you would be able to see that and have some sort of like, oh, God. Ugh. Anyways, that's just a random side side tangent. But it is kind of like it's bizarre that he keeps having these freak injuries that are keeping him out for this amount of time. Now, was he probably OK to go in summer league and they they held him back because they just wanted to be super cautious? Yes. But um Still super weird. Um, but yeah, because he's been out of this game for now, what, at least three weeks? He missed nine games, yeah. Um, he went out on the yeah. first okay. of November. So there you go, yeah. Oh, wow, look at me. I'm almost to the day, to the Man. day with three weeks. Um, and I mean, who knows if he's back tonight or not. I I, I don't know. I, I'd i be kind of surprised if he was back tonight, but, you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, that, you know, their pattern has been someone's out. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're questionable and they play at night. It's been, it's been since dating back to last year. So I think the fact that he's questionable, I think they're going to let him see how it feels. And I don't think they would have made yeah. him questionable if he didn't feel like he's really close. So I, I kind of expect him back tonight. Okay. All right. Good. Just my guess. Uh, well, you know, the fact, the fastest G League assignment in league history oh gosh, is back. Um, <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I mean, I would just, I would just imagine that it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna take some time for him to adjust again because basically he played five games and then was like, all right, I'm not gonna, you know, it's just gonna take time. It's gonna take time. I would still imagine, like, I would imagine the five games back are gonna be like the first five games that he had. There's gonna be some moments of brilliance. There's gonna be some moments of, yeah, you a rook. So, (laughs) like, you know, that's that's just what's gonna happen. Um, you know, I. It, it's also hard when he's kind of been removed from the groove and things like that. I, I just, I just think, yeah, don't, I would not have high expectations for the first few weeks of this again, uh, to say the least. I would just, you know, I would just not have high expectations generally. Uh, right. I'm, I'm <laughs> that gonna, is, I'm going to give him to the end of the year to get himself right. Um, I agree. And then yep. after that, I think that's I, fair. you know, I want to see some signs of transcendency because look, look, he could end up being a really good point guard and that's all fine and Danny, but we were told he was generational transcendent. So in terms of the Blazers franchise, I'm holding them accountable to that him. Mm-hmm. I'm not holding him accountable for that because he didn't ever said that. Now he says he wants to be well. I mean, he says he wants to be one of the greatest point guards ever. So he's that's, but that's a goal. That's not going to, I'm already mm-hmm. that. Right. So, and the bottom line is the franchise said, oh my God, we can't trade this guy, even if they help Dane. We have to keep him because he is unbelievable. Okay. So he needs to be unbelievable or the franchise has egg on his face, but that's not his fault. And it's also just way too early to really judge. Now he, now compared to other rookies, he's way behind. Um, But that doesn't always mean anything. You know, people develop and people you know, rise and fall at different paces. But the last two games, you know, he had 11.7 assists. That was his best game. And that was in the win at Toronto. He fouled out of that game. But, you know, foul, the fouling to me, that's, again, that's total 19-year-old rookie guy trying to guard NBA players, right? Yeah. And you're yeah, physical exactly. and you're trying to be aggressive and you get some ticky-tack fouls, right? That, that'll be cleaned up. It's not like this kid's going to be averaging five fouls for the rest of his career, right? He only had two. As a matter of fact, the next game, of course, was 20 minutes against Detroit. But 11 points, seven assists in 20 minutes. So that could have been a game where he finishes with 18 and 10. And then everyone's like, oh, my God. Look, you know, hey, there he goes. Here he comes. Uh, yep. So I'm going to give him to the end of the year. I'm going to let him work it out. They have a tough schedule coming up. Like it's They they have Utah three times coming up in the next couple of weeks, which is crazy since, since they just played them, and Utah struggling. Other than that, the Wizards on uh, the 21st of December – those are the only four games where I think they're, they're winnable. Every other game, it's like Milwaukee, Phoenix. Uh, gosh, who else? I can't. I just made a list the other day, but just a long. Spurs. Spur, well, Spurs, Spurs are after the Wizards, so they're going to be winnable because they're struggling. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah, they split yeah. that. But um, like, it's just a, a, a list of playoff caliber teams that they play other than Utah and the Wizards. So there's going to be some tough nights. And he's going to struggle. He's going to have some bad nights. So I'm going to give him to the end of the year to start figuring things out. And then I want to see some consistency. You know, again, not great. Just give me consistently, you know, 14, 15, and 8, 
shrink the turnovers a little bit, make a couple threes here and there. He's only made two out of 21, which is crazy. You know, you don't have to shoot 40%. Shoot 30, you know? And then you can then you can at least you're setting the table for something to approve upon. Because right now, after five games, it's just like, oh my God, what is happening? But it was just it was just five games. So how can we judge that? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough. It's you know, it's gonna it's gonna take time, like you said. Gonna take time. We shall see. All right. We got anything else? What are you doing for Thanksgiving? No. Nope. Uh working. At what? Uh, my job. Oh, the prep. <laughs> no, I mean, at doing what? My job. Um. Well, prepping for the stuff? lovely Seahawks play on Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanks, that's guys. Right. You're not going to that though, right? No. <clears throat> oh, you have to do your show but, though. But I have to anchor that night. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. If not, I might have you been can... able to weasel my way out of it and just left a left a feature for them to run. Because, you know, we'll run something that day talking about the state championship game, uh-huh. um, which is the next thing I'm working on once I'm off of this. Um, but, yeah, so, but because Seahawks play, your girl be working Thanksgiving Day. Let me tell you. Do you get time and a half? For our fine friends at home listening. Do you get time and a half? Paycheck, the paycheck from this week is going to be banging, okay. baby. Because you get time and a half, right? Yes, okay. and then on Friday you get time and a half as well. Oh, shoot. and that day, that shoot. day is going to be a easy fourteen hour day. Cha ching! Yeah, yeah. So, oh, you're loving. Excited it. to see what that looks like, I you're guess. And then I'm going to get really angry when I see the amount of money that got taken out for. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, this week is going to be. <laughs> That's that's one way to look at it. It's, this week we're gonna we're gonna get paid, baby. <laughs> it's so true, though. It's uh, it's crazy how you work some overtime or whatever, and you get you're, you're gonna get like an extra four hundred on your paycheck. And you know they're gonna take out taxes, but you're thinking it's gonna be the same tax rate rate as your other pay, and then it ends up being fifty percent. So you only net two hundred out of that. And it's like, wait a minute, was that worth it? Yeah, I remember. I remember that happening numerous times in my life. Wait a minute. Yeah, I don't even want to look. I might not look, honestly, because what's the point? I'm just going to get angry. Right. So. But in theory, that recalculates itself at the end of the year when you do your taxes. And so you kind of get a little bit of that back because you overpaid on that check, on that money. This is the thrilling conversation that everyone came here for. Taxes. Paychecks and taxes with Brenna and Aaron. <laughs> Two people who know a lot about making money because we're journalists. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're rolling in cash. All right. Thanks for listening to the Oregonian Sports Podcast and our bonus financial segment. Please subscribe to the subtext feature by texting 503886. Excuse me. 503-386. 0095, you'll get a text message back with a link. Click the link and start your 14-day trial. All right, Civil War, Scoot Henderson's coming back. We got state championship stuff coming up this weekend. I expect a lot of great and colorful uh, information and analysis from you next week, Brenna. That's your assignment for me because, you know, you need someone else in your life telling you to to give them content, (laughs) right? You don't have enough already. Yes. You don't have enough already. It's all just pile on. And you have a good weekend. Our listeners hope you have a great weekend, great Thanksgiving weekend, and we'll be back soon.